It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into your NBA and Thunder takes as well as answering your questions. It's a fan Friday. Is Chet Holmgren the best player in the NBA draft? Where does the Thunder timeline sit right now in terms of getting back to competitiveness? And is SGA already a top 15 player? All of this and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast, the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team's every day. Thank you. We're making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by NBA Top Shot. We're going to grade your takes and answer your questions regarding the Thunder and the NBA. Today's show is brought to you by NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the future of being an NBA fan. Own officially licensed rare NFTs of the greatest moments of NBA history. Sign up today by going to LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. That's LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. We're going to have a mailbag, and also I've asked for your spiciest takes so I can grade them at the end of the show. We're going to get to that as well. But let's open up the mailbag and fan Friday today with a question from friend of the podcast and uh, somebody who's going to be on the podcast weekly moving forward uh, during the draft coverage, Richard Stamen at Mavs draft on Twitter, the biggest need for the thunder in terms of role. What is that? What is the biggest need for the thunder in terms of the role moving forward that they need to fill? This is a very, very interesting question. The, Easy answer and one that you're probably screaming at your phone right now or whatever device you're using to listen to this podcast is a big man, a center. Obviously, you have a roster that doesn't really have guys much taller than 6'9 on it right now, and that seems to be the glaring hole. However, I think that a player like Jabari Smith who can knock down shots off ball and sit on the wing and knock down shots and who Richard Saman, our, our expert draft analysis host on the Lockdown Podcast Network compared to a Clay Thompson-like player, obviously. Not going to be Clay Thompson, a borderline top 75 player of all time. He's kind of annoyed himself as number 76, but still, he's right up there. I'm not going to say that that Jabari Smith will will be that, but I think that that type of player that SGA can utilize in the drive and kick, that Josh Giddy can can get going with his ability to facilitate the basketball, that type of role – just a knockdown shooter who can still create for himself, 
is what the Thunder need. I wouldn't just shoehorn in, you got to get a center, especially in this draft, just for the sake of getting one because your roster lacks one right now. I think that the larger scale to benefit everybody involved would be a guy like Jabari Smith, who, who can knock down shots on the driving kick, which SGA is a lead at right now, but he's not kicking to guys who can knock down those shots. Josh Giddy, jaw-dropping passer. How many times have we seen him pass to guys who just can't knock down their open shots? Getting those type of players in Oklahoma City, and it's not just Jabari Smith, right? You, you can do it through free agency. You can do it via trades. You can do it via the draft. Getting those type of players, those roles of players, I think is one of, if not the most important thing for the future of the Thunder. Because it's easy to find passable bigs. It just is. You don't have to have a dominant big man. It's nice. It's a luxury. But you see offenses thrive all the time with non-elite bigs. The Mavericks were a historic offense with Dwight Powell. Whenever it was Rick Carlisle running the show and and Luca was there with his magic because you know what? It worked out with Luca. It worked out with Seth Curry. It worked out with Tim Hardaway Jr. It worked out with Dorian Finney Smith. And then the big man was just kind of there. Do the Thunder need an upgrade to the five position? Yes. They need a more traditional option to kind of switch things up matchup wise. But will that simply put them over the hump? I don't think so. I think that you get a bunch of shooters, though, around a team that's predicated on getting to the paint and kicking then that does get you closer to where you want to be than just simply a plug-and-play upgrade at center. So that's where my head's at in terms of role. I'd be fascinated to know where you guys are at with what you think that the Thunder need moving forward with the biggest rollers to fill for the Thunder. But for me, it's somebody who can knock down their shots consistently, off the catch, contested shots, and also can still create for themselves, but still mainly uh, going to do the damage whenever they're set up by SGA and Josh Giddy. The next question comes from at MK325491 on Twitter. Is SGA a similar player to John Morant? I think that SGA and John Morant, I imagine you're talking strictly of an essence of can SGA lead a team to the playoffs and and can he kind of be the focal point of a team? I think absolutely can. I think that it gets lost how good that Memphis team is and how they had a head start on the Thunder in terms of rebuilding and getting young pieces and getting guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., guys like John Morant, guys like Desmond Bain. Hitting on that pick was huge. And even in this draft, they hit on their picks whenever many people, including myself, didn't really see uh, you know, their draft panning out successfully after that trade-up that they had. That was kind of bizarre. Uh, and getting uh, you know an 18-year-old kid in the draft, and he turns out to be playing nice minutes for a playoff team and a two-seed in the West. I think that the Memphis Grizzlies, you're seeing just how well-built the team is. I do not view the fact that they're so good without John Morant as a knock on John Morant. I view that as a testament to Taylor Jenkins, as a testament to that front office. That's just a a well-rounded team that has a superstar. Shea is a superstar of that elk that can kind of lead your team and be the focal point. He just does not have that well-rounded team yet around him while John Morant does. So that's what puts these two guys on different platforms right now in terms of record. But I do think that they can both be the catalyst for a team moving forward. Another question from at MK325491 on Twitter. If the Thunder get AJ Griffin and Jalen uh, Duran, could they start competing for the plan next year? In my opinion, no. Uh, they they likely wouldn't get to the plan next year, even if they tried. And then they also wouldn't try. Because in my opinion, the, th- the Thunder just need to find stars. They need to find blue chip guys. 
And AJ Griffin could be that. I do not think that J- that Jalen Duran could be that. I think with Griffin, it'd be a, a thing like Josh Giddy last year where there were some people pre-draft who said he could be a star. I saw them in my comment section uh, and I saw them in my DM saying, hey, this guy could be the next Luca, right? Well before the draft even happened, well before we knew he was going to be in Oklahoma City, there were a few people that thought that, but it was a very small few. And, and the Thunder ended up hitting on that draft pick. I'm not going to predict AJ Griffin will be a star blue chip prospect, just as I didn't predict Josh Giddy would be last year. But I think he has that potential if things broke his way. With Jalen Duran, I never see him being a star or a blue chip prospect. I think that he'll be a nice complimentary piece to a roster. And that's just not where the Thunder are at. The Thunder have a, a pretty decent collection of complimentary nice pieces to the NBA to an NBA roster. They do not have a ton of star power. You need at least another star. If we think SGA is a top 15 player, borderline that all-star caliber player, and he's a max contract guy, that's great. If we think that Josh Giddy is going to develop into that throughout his career, I'd agree there as well. But you still need that third blue chipper, and I think that without that, the Thunder will not start to try to compete again. So that's why you know you get a top three pick and you get somebody like Chet, like Paolo, like Jabari Smith. That's when the tide starts to turn a bit. But A.J. Griffin and Jalen Duran, to me, that pairing does not do anything to make you dramatically change the course, especially with how loaded next year's draft is. That just, to me, does not change what the Thunder philosophy would be at that point. We'll have more questions and your takes coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. But first, I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the place you want to be as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us again. The latest odds, contests, player props, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline has the continued sources for all your sports wagering information and needs, including live betting and Vegas casino games. So head over to the website today and even use your mobile device and learn more about the trends in action. But online is where the game starts. Folks, it's that easy. You just simply go to your URL search bar and go to betonline.net and then you can open up their sports book and let's try to bet on some March Madness today. The Thunder still don't play. They have another off day. So let's watch some March Madness tonight. Let's put some money out to make things interesting. Let's go over to the NCAA slate, and you have this UNC game against UCLA. I'm going to put money on UNC and, and think that the Tar Heels are going to pull it off. They're two-point underdogs. I think they're going to win outright. So let's, in fact, put some money on the UNC money line plus 120 and hope that the Tar Heels can win tonight against UCLA. It's that easy. we got to bet in here live on the podcast. So follow along and see if we end up winning tonight. And if you want to, join me over at BetOnline. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first lesson every single day, every single morning. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Check out the Locked On Now podcast, a nightly recap show of every NBA game. The breakdown from our local experts that's free and available wherever you get your podcast from every single day. Boots on the ground at every game. We got you covered 
for what's happening around the association. Let's continue your questions and takes here on Fan Friday. This next question comes from at Y-E-D-U-R-U-R-I-T-I-K on Twitter. Is Trey Mann the prime candidate for breaking out when he gets traded to another team later on? Very cynical question, but I understand where it comes from. Um, I, I think that of the players who might get traded, right, it would not it wouldn't be a breakout if SGA somehow got traded and and wound up being a star. We already know it's gonna come. To me, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a breakout if Josh Giddy gets traded and is all of a sudden a star, which I don't think that either of those are gonna happen. So past that, it would be a breakout for Trey Mann if he is a sixth man in Oklahoma City for two or three years, and then gets dealt and then becomes brace yourselves, a James Harden type of player. Uh, but ultimately, it's too early on to think about this kind of stuff to me about Trey Mann's future on another team. Uh, but it is a funny question. Uh, yeah, sure. If he gets traded and gets a new environment, gets to like actually start games, maybe he becomes James Harden. Maybe he becomes Reggie Jackson and like takes a long time to fulfill his destiny as a starting point guard and uh, as a really, really good player, although he had a good start in Detroit. Uh, the next question from at Shea underscore step. Would a combination of Adrian Griffin and Jalen Duran accelerate the rebuild? Same question as we got earlier. Uh, to me, no. To me, that does not accelerate anything. You guys really like that pairing, though. That's it's very interesting. I'll have to bring that up to uh, our resident draft expert. But to me, no. Uh, that does not accelerate anything. In fact, that's kind of one of the worst-case scenarios if you only end up with Adrian Griffin and Jalen Duran as your selling point. Again, two good players, but not two guys who you write home about as star power. And the Thunder have a, a, a collection of guys who already kind of fill that role. At J underscore Eaton 14, has the tank timeline been pushed up a year slash does it get pushed up if the Thunder get Jabari slash Chet? We'd love to start making the playoffs in 2024. To me, the, the, there's no change in the timeline. The timeline's still the timeline. You're waiting on the, the next star. You're waiting on that third cornerstone face of the franchise piece. Whenever you get that, then you start talking about what the next step is. But you still need to take that step first. You can't leap up the stairs, right? Some people can like, go upstairs two steps at a time. You can't do that in this process. So you're still waiting on that star. If you get Chet and Jabari, then that conversation changes. Look how competitive, and that sounds strange, but if you've watched this team night in and night out for two years, and you've watched this team uh, during their even losing streaks, and if you watch this team still at the 21-52 and record, fourth worst of the NBA, look how competitive they are right now. You add another young star and you stay healthy, which they didn't do this year. They haven't stayed healthy yet, and that's kind of just a fluke thing, right? But you stay healthy next year, and you have all these young talents. It's going to be hard to tank out again next year. Now, it will also be hard to make the play-in and the playoffs, but uh, that's where you start to take the next leap if you get a Jabari or a Chet or Apollo. So I think that it would be accelerated if you get one of those three. If you don't, then I, I think that you're still in that kind of limbo mode, wait and see. And look, maybe there's a fourth or fifth or sixth star in this draft that we just don't know about yet. I think Jaden Ivey can be a star in general, but you guys know that uh, personally, I don't really see his fit in Oklahoma City. Now, you still can draft the best player available, obviously, or trade back. But um, to me, it'd be hard for him to flourish in Oklahoma City with the roster construction as it is right now. But nonetheless, he's also a very good player That's not that I don't put in that top three. But some people put him at number one, and I respect that as well. I think he's a really, really good player. It's just an interesting, it would be an interesting development for him in Oklahoma City. So if you get Jabari or Chet or Paolo even, uh, you only include Jabari and Chet, but if I'll include Paolo, if you get one of those three, it does give a more clear picture of your timeline, more so than move it up. And the next question comes from at B shell underscore Bob. 
if the Thunder are outside the top three, do you trade all three first round picks and move into the top three? It depends where that best pick falls. We saw last year, you're not able to only give draft picks to move up. The Thunder were willing to overwhelm teams to get a Cade Cunningham or even an Evan Mobley type. They couldn't overwhelm them with draft picks. You had to give more. The Thunder didn't want to give more at that time. They didn't want to give SGA plus their sixth overall pick because you have to think, why would Team X take you know, the sixth and the 14th and the 30th pick and not get a star when they could just simply get a star and, and clean their hands of it? The value of player you're going to give them at six is not the value that they perceive they're going to get at number one. And we did our first sim to try to prove this point, and it ended up being the Thunder with the first overall pick. So that's just incredible. Uh, but you sim this lottery enough times, and you can see that the Thunder, well, I'm actually getting great spins. I've gotten the Thunder pick one three different times now. Today's going to be the best day ever, apparently. But you can see the Thunder fall all the way to six again in this realm. And then you can go over to the More tab and look at the pick odds and, and watch this cool little graph pop up. It shows you where the floor is in the floor for this pick. There's a 2.2% chance that they go to pick eight, but a 16% uh, chance it's at pick seven. And your most realistic outcome is pick six again at 26 uh, or 25.7 for pick six for the thunder. Now that pick falls at pick six. Then the sixth pick 14th pick and 30th pick are not truly that, you know, that, that valuable enough to get into that top three. In my opinion, you'd have to add a sweetener and the thunder still lack that sweetener would Three first-round picks all in the same year where you have to bring in three rookie guys and change your roster plus Darius Baisley be enough for one of only three or maybe four clear-cut stars in this draft class that's viewed as very shallow in terms of top-end talent. To me, no, and we saw it last year. A draft class that was pretty rich in talent, still, you could not just flood teams with picks and get what you wanted. It's going to take more than just draft picks. From at Adam underscore Christboy, I don't know how to begin this question, but it says, which Thunder player is your spirit animal? It's a very interesting one. Off the top of my head, I'd say Ty Jerome, because Ty Jerome, from what we've seen, him and Roby just play video games, like playing basketball, and have fun. I feel like that's a good combination. I always, I also like playing video games and talking about basketball and watching basketball. So I'd say Ty Jerome, but maybe there's kind of a deeper uh, deep dive in that we can have later on on the podcast. But next question from at ML chuckles. Do you think the thunder uh, could have made the play in if they focused on winning instead of development, instead of development? No, I don't think that this roster could make the, made the play in again, the injuries uh, put a damper on things, obviously, and even their best lineup would probably put them closer to the plan. Obviously they'd kind of be where the Spurs or the, or, or the wizards are at right now, you know, eight, nine uh, in that range. In terms of, you look at the reverse standings, they're eight and nine on tankathon.com that's kind of where I would view the range at if the Thunder were going to go for it and, and try to get the play in. Maybe they can overcome the Pelicans because of the Pelicans' slow start, but I don't think they made the play in. I think that this would just be a team that was around that San Antonio range this year. Uh, from at Brother Reed 11 when will the Thunder pull the trigger and trade for a disgruntled star, and who will that star be? It's hard to tell when that will happen. I'd imagine it will happen, you know, 2024, 2025. The next disgruntled star, I mean, Bradley Beal seems like the, the perfect candidate for somebody who's going to ask out ask out pretty soon. But yeah, I'd even look at Donovan Mitchell. There's all there's always just been a weird vibe about Donovan Mitchell for the last two years. And if the Jazz have another failed playoff experience in the first round or so, maybe he asks out. But 
it's just hard to gauge this because it has to be the right player, it has to be the right you know fit for the roster, the right star with the right contract. You don't just want to trade a ton of draft picks for a rental in Oklahoma City the way that you would feel more comfortable doing in, in say, L.A. or Brooklyn. I, I just think that everything has to align to the point where it's a thing where you're going to know it when you see it and not necessarily know it right this moment while we're still playing the guessing game of who might want to ask out. Uh, from at my boy Luke on Twitter, uh, have you ever thought about how John Morant translates into yes, Morant? I've never thought about that. I didn't know that until your tweet, uh, but that's interesting. Maybe that's why that they named him John. Yes, Morant is what Sean Coleman says every time uh, he makes a play on Lockdown Grizzlies. Go check that podcast out as well. Whenever we return, we're going to grade your takes. Like, is Lindy Water going to stick around long-term? And is Chet the best player in this draft and better than Evan Mobley? Those are the takes we're going to be grading whenever we come back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. But first, let's see right now about our good friends over at NBA Top Shot. Folks, NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA. It connects you with a community of hundreds and thousands of NBA fans uh, and the natural progression of fantasy sports, a way to upgrade your experience as an NBA fan. This is the future of being an NBA fan. It's what it looks like. It's part of the deal. Trading cards have been a huge thing uh, for the, uh, the longest time ever, right? You go try to buy the best cards and get the best players and then flip them later on the, the physical cardboard cards. But you can do that online now with these NFTs and with Top Shot. It's very fun. And it has that fantasy sports element. For example, there's different challenges you can do. Like you can, you can say, I think player X will score double digit points tonight. And if you're right, that becomes a Top Shot moment and a Top Shot NFT. And then you control that NFT and you can set the market and sell them for uh, currency and money uh, right on Top Shot. So it's very fun. We're all involved in it. Investors include Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant. And there's also been uh, stories of you know, Kevin Durant reaching out to people on NBA Top Shot and setting up uh, you know phone calls and inventory checks. And uh, Top Shot does a great job of also supporting their fans and supporting people who uh, invest in Top Shot and flying them out to the NBA draft, which would be fun for Thunder fans or the NBA finals even. If you have certain... Uh, collections of players from the teams in the finals. It's a lot of fun. It's a great community. Go check them out uh, at NBA Top Shot today. Folks, make sure that you go to NBA Top Shot. It's the future of being an NBA fan on officially licensed NFTs and the greatest moments of NBA history. Again, you can own, you can own for yourself officially licensed NFTs of the greatest moments in NBA history by signing up today at lockedon.nbatopshot.com. That's lockedon.nbatopshot.com. I want to tell you right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Folks, Built Bar is fantastic. It's incredible. It's where you want to be. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your next order. Every Built Bar has 100% chocolate on the outside of every single bar. They taste like a candy bar, but they are, in fact, the protein bar. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's awesome. Most bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which is way better for you than a candy bar, which is about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. My favorite part about Built Bar is that they make making the right decision easy, pre-workout or post-workout, or even some meal replacement or a snack because they have so many different options. 
doing the right thing, making the healthy choice never feels repetitive or old because you can bounce from a mint brownie bar to a coconut almond bar to a peanut butter brownie bar. And my personal favorite, cookies and cream and white chocolate cookies and cream. You can go check those out as well at built.com. Promo code lock 15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code lock 15, 15% off of your next order. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA podcast, a recap show every night, Monday through Friday, of the best things that happen around the association in 30 minutes or less, recapping every game, every transaction, everything is free and available wherever you get your podcast from, including on YouTube at Lockdown NBA, as is Lockdown Thunder. Every episode is free and available across all platforms, including YouTube. So make sure you check us out there as well. Let's continue on. And this time we're going to grade your takes. If you've been around the podcast a long time, you remember we had a, we had the spice meter grading your hot takes with a pepper scale. We're going to do a little bit of that in uh, in this episode as well. The first take comes from at Evan ETN. Lindy Waters is going to stick around and sign a long-term deal next summer after his two, uh, two year, two way deals over. I like this take. I would say that I, I, lean towards agree obviously it's incredibly hard to predict what the future holds for the nba in general much less for two-way guys but lenny waters has a legitimate nba trait and legitimate nba skill and an elite one at that with his shooting ability the thunder have a very good track record of developing defense and, and getting you passable on that end of the floor if not you know great look at the progression from Baisley defensively sga defensively of course Lou Dort's one of the best defenders in the nba but he kind of came in with that trait but still you look at that, and with the, with Lindy Waters, all the Thunder has to do is get him to play passable NBA defense for him to be a rotational piece. I know he's getting a ton of minutes right now, you know, 20 minutes, whatever it is right now, but really, he's an eighth to ninth man that comes in and sparks your offense whenever you get in these little lulls throughout a 82-game schedule. And if he can play passable defense, he can play in those playoff games where the, the game shifts to a half-court setting and your offense struggles a bit with the second unit, and he gives you a new look that maybe the other team is to counteract, you know, and, and hasn't really game plan for quite yet. So I think that Lindy Waters has a ton of reasons to stick around in, in the NBA and with the Thunder. So I'd agree with this take that, that he will be here long-term after the two-way deal, and that the sign of the Thunder being invested in him is that they gave him a two-year two-way deal. At J underscore Eaton, uh, Shea is already a top 15 talent in the NBA. This post-All-Star break stretch is not just a hot streak. It is who SGA is. I'd agree with that as well. I think that SGA has all the tools and talents, and he's an elite three-level scorer, uh, and he's shown some nice defense in the second half also. It's not really talked about too much, but obviously gets into some foul trouble on that end of the floor. Nonetheless, though, uh, I've liked what we've seen from Shea in, in the second half of the season after the All-Star break, after there's injury. I think that he is a top 15 talent in the NBA and that's just up to the thunder now to build around him as they have him on that five-year max with no opt-outs and they kind of control his NBA future at underscore CL 12 underscore Paolo is closer to Tatum than Julius Randall. I think that this is a slam dunk take. Like it, I think to me, this is a pretty um, obvious take. I think that you're incredibly right about this. I think that Paolo Bancaro is way closer to Jason Tatum than Julius Randle. Again, that's I don't think that that's you calling him Jason Tatum, and I, and I know that I'm not calling him Jason Tatum, who's scoring 50-point games with ease right now for Boston. But in terms of play style, I totally agree that he's much closer to the play style of Tatum than to Julius Randle. Uh, from at Weird Boy Goblin on Twitter, Jabari Smith is an X-Factor in OKC if they draft him. I totally agree. Reference the top of the show. 
And then also for Matt Weirboy Goblin, Darius Baisley will average a double-double next year. Man, you must have listened to uh, my bold predictions for last year's podcast. Remember I said the, the very same thing about last year's version of Darius Baisley to average a double-double. Uh, he has the potential to. He's an elite re- rebounder. And of course, we've seen him score better uh, in the last, since the calendar year turned really in Oklahoma City this year. So maybe we'll see what the future holds for Baisley. Uh, it's still a hot take, I think, for many, but he has the potential to. Uh, from at OKC United, Chet Holmgren's the best player in this draft, and it's not really close. Now, I wouldn't begrudge you if you say he's the best player in this in this draft. What I do argue with is that I don't. I do think it's close. I, I think that anyone can have any combination of Chet, Paolo, and Jabari, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I've even seen some have Jay Nivey at one, um, and. That, to me, I have Ivy as a clear four, but even that is not just outright laughable. So I, I do think it is a close race, but but if you have Chet at one, I have Jabari at one, I, I think you can flip-flop those two with ease. So I, I do think it's close, but I do not regret you saying he's the best player in the draft. The next one, and the final one, we're going to end on a bang here. This take is from at Thunder Rebut on Twitter. Chet will be better than Evan Mobley. Whew, that, that is a take. That, that is an absolute take. I love Evan Mobley, what we've seen from him in Cleveland this year. Uh, ask at Mavstraft on Twitter. He's Kevin Durant. We'll see what, what, what uh, Evan Mobley can become. Man, that's a tough one. Uh, right now, I'd have to give that a five on the, on the one to five pepper scale in a hot take category. But again, it's like we have to see what he becomes body-wise and what he, how he adjusts the NBA speed and strength and we had to see so many variables that it's not going to be the like rookie Chet. I don't think will be as good as rookie Mobley, but would it shock, but just stun people if five years from now, Chet's better. I don't know. I, I think that I'd still lean Mobley obviously, but this is a very interesting question. I'd, I'd be interested to throw that around in the draft community, see what they think uh, about Chet's ability to progress past Evan Mobley. But thank you all for your questions on Twitter and your takes. You can still send them in on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And if you don't have Twitter on the email address, lothunderpod at gmail.com. Uh, and so thank you for listening. We're gonna be back on Monday to recap the Nuggets game. And we have a full jam-packed week on Locked on Thunder. We're gonna have that Nuggets recap, another game recap Tuesday uh, for the Monday game. And then Wednesday, our good friend Richard, Richard Stamen will recap all of that happens in the Sweet 16 for the NCAA tournament. And then on Friday, we're gonna have a very fun podcast where we go back and regrade my player profile projections for the NBA draft. If you remember last year, we did a profile on every NBA draft prospect, including the guys that the Thunder drafted, like Josh Giddy and like Trey Mann. What did I get right? What did I get wrong about those two guys uh, mainly for this Thunder team and for this Thunder draft? Because we're going to be kicking off that series again pretty soon as the regular season wraps up for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So subscribe. That way you never miss an episode on Twitter. Uh, I should say subscribe on YouTube or any other podcasting platform that you're on uh, for this podcast. It's totally free and available wherever you get podcasts from. And until next time, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 